Hey guys, welcome back to Table Talk with Tiffany. I'm your host, Tiffany Taylor, and this is Table Talk. This podcast hopes to serve a purpose by being a virtual table where I can gather my friends around and we share stories of courage, inspiration, and faith. I'm so excited to have you joining me today. Let's Table Talk. Amen. Oh, Cassie, that's sweet. You're the first one who we've prayed before podcasting, so that was really sweet. Yay. Um, Well, yeah, let's just jump on in. Okay. Um, So you and I know each other from a couple different circles, but we got to meet in 2013. I think so, somewhere around that. Yeah. So will you just take time and introduce yourself to our audience and um, what you're doing in this season of life? Yes. So my name is Cassie Shotanis. I am 30 years old. I've been married to my husband, Alex, for nine years this next week. This week? Uh Uh-huh. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. We have four kids. We have two boys in heaven, one boy on earth, and one girl that's seven weeks now um, here with us. And I am pretty much a full-time mama in mm-hmm. this season, mm-hmm. home with them, enjoying it. Yeah. How old is Judah, your boy? He is two. He turned two in July. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, he really is as cute as can be. I wish that the people listening could like see them. I don't want to <laughs> like promote you on the internet, but he's cute. He's our bright blonde hair, blue-eyed boy. And Alex and I both have brown hair, so I was shocked to see him be a little blondie. But yeah, and it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. It's like platinum blonde. Yes. <laughs> he really is so cute. Yeah. Um, so the other day at breakfast, you were talking about how you and Alex are totally different from each other. Uh-huh. Can you just talk about that and any lessons that you've learned in marriage? Yeah. So I'll give you a little background. (laughs) Alex and I met at church and we were friends for a little less than a year first. And then when we started dating, our whole relationship was long distance because he was in Air Force basic training and I was in flight attendant school. So we could only write letters for the beginning of our relationship. I flew to Biloxi, Mississippi for our first date and I could fly there for $12 and he was stationed there. So the first, we dated for four months, we're engaged four months. And then we got married and all of that was long distance. So we knew each other, but you don't really know a person until you get married. I think if you date for multiple years or just a few months, but probably, especially if you only date for a few months. Totally. And so (laughs) it's crazy. Yeah. So when we got married, I think we were both in a shock of, we had expectations and I think neither one of us lived up to those expectations in certain ways. Mm -hmm. And we're very different. He's very, um, steady and conservative. And I'm very much kind of like a roller coaster in a lot of ways. Um, but it has ended up being really great for us because um, he challenges me. I challenge him in a lot of ways and it grows you. So I think it's had to grow us in, in fruits of the spirit and patience. Um, it's had to grow us. He brings a calmness to me that I listen to, that I that I think I wouldn't listen to from everyone, but that I needed that. And I think that's been beneficial for us in raising kids too. Mm. So God has grown (laughs) us in a lot of ways uh, with being very different. It's challenged us, but it's grown us in our walk with the Lord and with each other. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've only actually met Alex just a handful of times. Really? Um, But I feel like I know him really well secondhand. Uh Um, 
And it's just fun, you know, knowing you mainly and then knowing him. And I'm like, yeah, they're totally opposite, but yes. opposites attract, right? Yeah. And um, I've heard the saying, like, who I met at the beginning of my marriage is not who I am married to now. Would you say that that's like the case with you guys or no? I think we are very different now than when we first got married. Mm -hmm. So we started our marriage off in North Dakota, which is where he was stationed. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I didn't know where that was when I found out. <laughs> and he didn't either. We looked on a map to see where the heck we were going. It's a lot colder than Texas. Yes. It would get to <laughs> negative 45 in January. Mm -hmm. uh, wild. But the Lord had a very specific person purpose of why we were there. It was 23 hours away from our home. So we couldn't run home to mom or dad. We couldn't mm -hmm. go to friends. If we got in an argument, we really just had to learn togetherness and him and I are very committed to one another. So divorce wasn't an option for us and mm -hmm. we don't want to be in a miserable marriage. So we were going to work it out. Yeah. Um, what did you ask me? Um, and mainly my thought was like, if you guys have changed throughout your oh, nine yes, years, sorry. because you got married at 21, 21 which is 24. really a moldable year, yes. you know, yeah. early twenties are really moldable. And yeah. So I just was curious, like how y'all changed over the nine years. Yeah. So I think, um, when we got married, us being in North Dakota, uh, this is where I was going initially, <laughs> but we, we grew a lot. You know, we, we fought like little kids when we first got married and we just had to learn how to communicate well. We didn't know how to do that well then. And so I know for sure we've grown there in communication yeah. and changed in those ways. And we really needed that. I think our, our marriage, I don't know if we'd still be together or what if we started out here, but we definitely needed that then mm. to start out there. And I think now being parents too, it's definitely um, helps us be better parents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so good. So, so good. So wise. Um, as somebody who's single mm -hmm. and desiring to be married one day and have a family one day, um, what are some things that you would tell me and people in my boat? Yeah. So one thing I learned, it took, I think a hard, um, a hard way for me to learn is, that happiness, somebody can bring you happiness, but they can't be your happiness and they can't be your number one. And I think before being married to Alex, I had idols a lot and mm -hmm. relationships that I didn't realize I had until I was married to him. Oh. And so I learned after I've been married that God can only fill a God-sized hole. And mm -hmm. I had that desire for love and, um, you know, peace and acceptance and joy and all these things that only he could fill and no person can fill that. And I think once I learned that, it's just been so beneficial because that can put a lot of pressure on a person, even if it's whoever that is, if it's mm -hmm. your friend, if it's your boyfriend, if it's your kid, having them as an idol puts a lot of pressure on them. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so, hmm. um, I think that's just good good in general to know like that marriage can become an idol in singleness and marriage yeah. and, and finding happiness. And so I think if, if you learn that in your single days too, and you know, um, I don't, God, you know, I would say date longer, but that was God. Yeah, so you guys met and then you had your first date and what, how many? 
Dates. So months, we, so we met and we're kind of friends for about eight months, eight months to a year okay. and then went on our first date and dated gotcha. four months. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But everything was still long distance. Everything the besides the friendship was long distance. Okay. Yeah. Cause he lived where I lived before he went to the air force. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. But I think if you have God, and I know you hear this all the time probably, but if you have God as number one, you know, it, it really truly is, um, it just, it really truly is how it's supposed to be mm-hmm. and following the spirit. Cause he gives us those desires to be married that comes yeah. from him. So I think once I got so wrapped up in him and in love with him and trusted the Lord and seeing that he is faithful, then I trust him. And it's good if something, you know, if circumstantially, if something happens that doesn't feel so good, it doesn't change, you know, it doesn't change my core. It doesn't change um, that I know he's good, that he has a good plan for me, that he gives me these dreams and desires and it's going to work out because I know his word and I trust what it says. Mm -hmm. And I think learning that as a single person is very beneficial. I think you've learned that. I would, I don't know. I think I see that in you that you are so wrapped up in him. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I would, as you're talking, I'm like, okay, got it. Okay. (laughs) Okay. And I think, um, for me, I just have to wait on the Lord's timing. Yeah. And that can be hard, the waiting. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It is hard waiting. It's kind of like, it makes me think the Saturday before the Sunday, you know, that Mm -hmm. day in between when Jesus was crucified and when he was resurrected, that Mm -hmm. was probably a really hard time for the disciples and his friends and family to Mm -hmm. wait. And that was only a day. (laughs) Right. You know? Yeah. They didn't, they didn't know that the temple (laughs) that he was talking about would be him and that Mm -hmm. he would be resurrected. Like, yeah, I love that about Jesus because he can relate to our humanity in yeah. that way. Yeah. And he'll use the weight and mm. there's so much growing that can happen in the weight. Yeah. But be encouraged because he yeah. does have you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> this feels like it's turning into a ministry time for me. <laughs> um, Come on, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so jumping subjects a little bit. Yeah. Um, talking about the weight and with your permission for the audience beforehand, I'm not just so abrasive, but between, between Judah and Selah, you had two before Judah, before Judah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can you just, um, share your pregnancy journey with the prophecy in in Africa with your babies in heaven and just share with our audience? Like, what does it look like to wait on a promise? Yeah. So Alex and I were married five years before we decided to try to have kids, which I'm thankful for that. Again, going back (laughs) into only dating for four months. (laughs) And I found out that I was pregnant at the beginning springtime of 2016. We were so excited and so surprised Mm -hmm. because we had actually been trying, been off birth control, been trying for quite a long time. I don't know if it was quite a year, but something like that. And so when I got pregnant, I just remember driving all the way to his office with my pregnancy test. So excited. We couldn't believe it. And then when we went to our first appointment, it was with a midwife and she couldn't find the heartbeat, but her ultrasound machine was very old. So she sent us to another place and we could see the baby on the screen. It was very clear, but I felt like something was wrong. And Alex was like, oh, so excited. But I just felt inside like something was wrong. And sure enough, I get a call from my midwife that there was no heartbeat. 
Mm -hmm. The baby just stopped growing. There was nothing. Everything looked great. The baby Mm -hmm. just stopped growing. So a couple weeks later, I miscarried at home and actually, um, I had the baby at home and then had a lot of bleeding. So I had to go to the emergency room and I just want to talk about this just for a minute, but, um, it was the worst pain ever. It was three hours straight of Mm -hmm. contractions because um, what they call the products of conception were stuck inside of me. And, uh, so it was a lot of pain and I was at the emergency room, actually this one right by your house. Mm -hmm. And then they had to transport me from the emergency room to the hospital. And I remember them loading me in the ambulance and the Lord just downloading the scripture into me and just replaying it like a, you know, like a broken record over and over the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. And it just kept repeating itself. Mm -hmm. And I was so grateful for that and that moment. And it's something I'll never forget. And then, then, you know, we started the long journey of our emotional healing and we felt ready to try again in the fall of that same year. So we got pregnant again in the fall of that same year with Jeremiah and went in for our first appointment, this time at a hospital, they couldn't find the heartbeat. He had also just um, stopped growing and uh, we were just in disbelief, just shocked. Like I remember looking at him and saying, this can't be happening again. I cannot believe that this is happening again. Surely not. I was praying for resurrection, just anything. And and then we had a DNC so we could get answers. So I was tested, any kind of test they could run, the baby was tested and everything came back normal, that everything wow. was healthy, which I was happy for. But at the same time, it gave us no answers to know why this was happening. Mm. So that was at the end of 2016. And Alex had kind of went into a bit of a depression then too. And everybody grieves differently. Mm-hmm. I remember before our first miscarriage, I had just told my mom I was pregnant. It was Mother's Day. And then Mm -hmm. I started spotting that same day. Mm -hmm. And I told her, I don't know why I thought this, but I told her, mom, what scares me the most about having a miscarriage is how Alex will react. And I think that's just because of a history of, you know, being married to him and seeing how um, we handle situations differently. And I always run straight to the Lord and to scripture because he's my my comfort, my source, the only one I know that's going to help me get better. And Alex has, it kind of goes the opposite direction of like, why Lord, like, you know, why is this happening to me kind of thing? And so I, I knew that that would probably be hard. And sure enough, that's kind of what happened. And he'll say it too, that he just went into depression. And in that time period before, right before miscarrying Jeremiah and after we miscarried before I went to Uganda, which you were on that, or you weren't, you weren't on that trip in 2017, I guess. Not 2017. Not 2017. Okay. So I couldn't go to 16 because I miscarried, but in 2017, I did go. And before that trip, I had two different people tell me they felt like I'd get a word from the Lord when I was in Uganda about our future family. Mm-hmm. And I held on to that. I didn't really know what that meant or what that would look like, but I held on to it and just remembered it in my heart and kind of expected it. So sure enough, we went to Uganda uh, after, you know, that next summer after the two miscarriages and I helped lead a team of 30. And the purpose of this trip was for a crusade. It was a three night, three day mm-hmm. long crusade. And our bus driver on that trip, his name was Emmanuel, and he was awesome. It was my first time meeting him. He didn't know much about me. And the crusade ended. The trip was coming to an end. We were packing up, going to a different town. We were at the end of our trip, and I was getting dressed, and I said to the Lord, I still haven't gotten my word from you. And I had gotten really sick at this point, and so I was going to go get some hot tea, and I was going to go to a room that I never go to at the hotel there. 
but I wanted to go get hot tea. So I went there and right when I go in the room, Emmanuel approaches me and he comes right to me almost in the doorway. And he said, the Lord woke me up. He said, I've been here since seven o'clock this morning. By this point, it was 930. He said, the Lord woke me up at 430. And he told me this time next year, you'll have a baby in your arms. You will be nursing. He said, you will not have a C-section. Remember November, remember November. That's when the seed will be planted. He said, all evil spirits that have killed your children have been cast out in Jesus name. And I'm just weeping, you know, because I know it's my word from the Lord. And what perfect timing that I just said to him moments before, Lord, I still haven't gotten my word from you. And I knew that this was my word from him. And then he laid his hand on my womb and just started praying. Wow. And right away, I didn't get the hot tea. I <laughs> went outside and found a place I could be by myself wow. and just worshiped and wept and then wrote it all down and just kept praising the wow. Lord. And I think God always has multiple purposes in most of what he does. And one of those was because he knew that I would be fearful when I were to get pregnant again based on my past. Mm -hmm. And I was so thankful for that word because sure enough, just like the Lord said, I got pregnant in November oh my and Judah was in my arms in July, oh exactly God. the year later. Yeah. I did not have a C-section. Wow. And in those early days of being pregnant and even throughout my pregnancy, when fear would creep in. Mm -hmm. I just remember the word. I set the background on my phone as Luke 145, blessed is she who believes. And that was talking about Mary that had gotten the word about being pregnant with Jesus yeah. and just remembering and believing that word that it would come true. Cause I believed him. I knew it was him. And even I had a scare in that pregnancy with Judah too, of bleeding. And, you know, I was so terrified, but just remembering the word the Lord gave mm -hmm. and sure enough, it came, came to be. And so it's just incredible. I know that the Lord, yeah, uses that for other people, but also just for us to give us peace too. Mm -hmm. I'll never, ever forget that. Oh, I just, I feel like I would love for you to pray for any woman who's on the other side of this listening. And she might be but like, she's walking in your story. She's yeah. walking in your, in your three, five years ago and asking for a word from the Lord. Do you mind? Like in the yeah. middle of this podcast? Yes, just... absolutely. Lord, I just thank you for these precious women and that you have created our bodies to, to bring forth generations, Lord. And uh, I thank you for their desire to get pregnant. I ask that you would hold them close, Father. I ask that you would give them peace. You would give them joy. You would help them to just look right to you and trust you, Lord. We know you're close to the brokenhearted, Father. And you're so close um, to all the mamas. I think of the ones that can't get pregnant or haven't been able to for a long time. The ones that have lost babies, the ones um, who just, you know, didn't want kids and now do all of the different situations, Lord, you know them and you love them. And I ask that you'd bless them with children. Uh, I ask that you'd bless them with good health and just with peace, Lord, that they would have peace, that you would give them specific words and that they would just cling to that, cling to you in moments that feel hopeless, Lord. Uh, we thank you that, that no person, like we talked about earlier, can bring us that, that peace and that joy, and that comes from you, um, but they sure are a blessing to have, and you know that comes straight from you, Lord. So I just ask that you would bless these women, bless their husbands, help them in this time, provide for their needs, and we just love you and praise you for what you're going to do, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, man, Cass, you're so joyful. You know, I, 
I'm just really, really shocked by who you are. Like just the joy that you carry that's true and genuine and just real, you know? I'm I've known that from the moment I met you, I thought, wow, this woman is just like so full of joy and it's real and she's she's true, you know, and even just talking with you more and listening to you pray, I can tell that your source is the Lord, that he is your anchor. Yeah. He is your place of refuge mm-hmm. in good times and bad times. Yeah. Like he's the place that you go. I'm thankful he set me free because I don't know that I always felt like that or that I was always like that. And so I think it was a rough road for a while. And I'm mm-hmm. thankful that, you know, like we talked about being married to Alex really did help learning, you know, that it really does just come from him, the Lord. And he gives it to us. And I'm so thankful to be free where I just have joy in him. I, he can give that to anyone. And I'm so thankful for that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The joy is our strength. Yes. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you would like to talk about? Um, I don't know why I thought of this, but my dad died, you know, mm-hmm. three days, well, the week that Sayla was born. So she was born three days after his funeral. And it's been a rough journey since mm-hmm. then, just walking through, because it was unexpected, mm-hmm. walking through such grief, such sorrow at the same time as such joy of this little girl, which is also the Lord's blessing to give me her and his perfect timing, because she was born almost a month early. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time and, and her name. Yeah. And he had given me that name years ago. Really? Yes. And Alex that. was like, I don't want to name her middle name joy. And I said, babe, it's what the Lord gave me. Wow. <laughs> and now we see why, right? His so faithfulness. Perfect. He is just so perfect. Yeah. All his ways. Cause I used to think it was Sela grace. And then a couple of years ago in 2017, I was reading in scripture and I kept seeing the word Sela and the word joy. And I said, her name is Sela joy. And so now I see why, because mm. 2020 has been a hard year for everyone, Yes, for everyone. It has. And we put our dog down in July, which was super hard. We've had him our whole marriage. And then my dad died, which was devastating. But joy can, despite of our circumstances, back to joy, we can have it. We can have it mm-hmm. regardless. It's like what Paul talks about. He learned the secret of contentment in any and every mm-hmm. situation, whether well-fed or hungry you know, and he was in prison when he wrote that. Yeah. But he was being real. He really had contentment and we can have it too. Cause this world is hard. I mean, elections, Corona, everything. And I think we have to, we have to take a step back from, you know, our phone screen, the TV, all of that to really get in his word and look and let him give us that. Mm-hmm. Cause don't you want it? Yes. I want it. Yes. <laughs> I want that peace and joy all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's the only way. It's the only way because we're from a different kingdom mm-hmm. living in another world. Yes. And part of the kingdom is joy. Yeah. And peace and righteousness. Yeah. And and this life is knows. but a vapor. You know, we always have hope. It's not I know I'll see Isaiah and Jeremiah again. I know I'll see my dad and Hunter again mm-hmm. and and that gives us hope. Yeah. And heaven has no tears, has no sorrow. Yeah. It's a peaceful place. Yeah. I'm sure it feels so close when you have 
Well, it does feel close when you have people there and you, yeah, you look forward. And one day we'll look back and think, oh my gosh, those 95 years on earth, like what a vapor. Yeah. Look at our life now and telling stories of what happened here and the ways that things intersected and the things that were going on in heaven and earth at the same time and the plans that were happening behind the scenes of what we don't always get to see. Right. Yeah. I thought of, you had asked me this earlier and I thought of it again, how to walk through someone that's been grieving and, you know, having this be so fresh with my dad dying. Mm -hmm. I just, I think what helped me the most is when people just showed up. And I just wanted to say that if you are Mm -hmm. walking alongside of a friend that's grieving or you will be one day if you're not now, that it is nice to ask how you can help. But sometimes, I mean, everyone always needs food. Everyone always needs money. The things that helped us the most were people dropping off paper plates, which was awesome. So we didn't have to dishes <laughs> and our dishwasher broke the day that we brought home our baby, but <laughs> um, delivering meals, sending gift cards, that is just practical things to help people. I think that are grieving and obviously praying for them. It was such a blessing to have so many people praying for us, showing up at dad's funeral, you know, sending us cards, all of that. Um, cause grief is messy and sometimes people don't know how, we don't know what to say to somebody. Mm-hmm. We don't know what to do. We don't want to say the wrong thing. And even in the miscarriages, a lot of things were said that were hurtful, but mm-hmm. giving people grace too, because everyone has good intentions, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, thank you for giving the practicals because grief is awkward mm-hmm. and messy and terrible. Yeah. And I think when with permission to show up knowing that your friend will have grace, but you're here to wash the dishes or, Mm -hmm. I mean, I love the gift of paper plates because we know that you're not doing them. Right. But yeah, that's a, that's good. Yeah. Sending people groceries. My mother-in-law would just come clean, which was a blessing. Mm -hmm. I mean, who doesn't want to clean house groceries money? Yeah. Yeah. And it just was super helpful. So practically that and just knowing that it's okay to reach out to somebody. I think people telling me that they miss dad and that they think about him all the time is helpful for me rather than just not talking about it at all. Just yeah. knowing that I'm not alone, sure. that other people miss him too, makes me feel good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, somebody who, for me, I didn't know your dad. Yeah. But from what you've posted and shared, I feel like I know him a little bit mm-hmm. and I really admire him. Aww. So thank you for sharing publicly and yeah. processing the way that you are. Yes. Yeah. Cass, thank you so much for being on my podcast yeah. and sharing just truthfully and vulnerably about marriage and babies and grief and joy. I mean, just so many um, beautiful topics that I really feel lucky to have you in my life. And oh, thank you, you just got to trust the Lord. He's faithful. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is a blast. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Um, all right. Well, oh, my last question. I can't believe I almost asked. I forgot to ask you. Okay. <laughs> um, so, you know, I love things that happen around the table. I yeah. love gathering dinner parties, game nights, um, community conversation. And so the last question that I'm asking people is if you could throw a dinner party without any budget and no restrictions, oh. what is it like? <laughs> so who's so coming? What's the attire? Where are we? So fun. And it's funny because 
we're planning a 10 year anniversary party next year Ooh. while we're thinking about it. So I've been looking at that. venues and things lately. <laughs> so my mind is kind of already thinking parties. Okay. So I've seen a picture on Pinterest, I think, and it's of a table and it's in this meadow and it's so long. You can't even see the end of it. And it just is like a dream to me to have that many people at a beautiful party outside. The weather feels good, probably in the seventies twinkle lights. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking charcuterie boards along the whole yes, <laughs> table Yes. with everybody's favorite food, chocolate fondue. Ooh, yes. I don't know if you know the melting pot, but mm -hmm. dipping everything. marshmallows, everything, <laughs> pineapple and chocolate, um, music, mm. dancing. It's funny because my mom told me earlier that she didn't think, she said, you never liked dancing growing up until you were married to Alex, which I didn't remember that. But I think it's just because I never felt comfortable dancing. I was like insecure with it, but for sure dancing now. <laughs> um, yeah, just a great time. No money. That's amazing. Balloons, mm -hmm. confetti. <laughs> All of it. Photos, everything. <laughs> yes. Your Enneagram 7 is coming out. You're like... <laughs> top of the nines, just no limit celebration party. All yes. Yeah. Nobody has to clean dishes. Nobody has to work. Yeah. That's a good party. Yeah. That's a good party. Yeah. I love that question. <laughs> well, I'm thinking about your, your meadow party right now in my mind. I'm like, Oh man, what a dream. Right. One day it'll happen. Yeah. I don't think in Houston, but somewhere there's a meadow mm -hmm. yeah. with cool weather. Perfect weather. <laughs> the perfect weather is zero humidity. Oh, what a dream, right? The best food. Mm -hmm. What a dream. What a dream. <laughs> All right, Cass. Well, thank you so much for this. It was thank a blast. you, too. Mm -hmm.